What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the first true episode of DBR Bites, which is where we give you some nuggets on topics around the game of college basketball and beyond. If you don't know what DBR Bites is, we gave an intro explainer on what you can expect on an episode zero, which you should find in your feed right before this one. DBR Bites is going to give us an opportunity to bring more content to you in a timely manner in between our big episodes that we normally have a couple of times a week. I'm Donald Wine, and for this first DBR Bites episode, I'm running solo. But it's good that we're starting Bites this week because today I bring you a preview of Duke's upcoming game that will be on Saturday at noon Eastern time at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Coming to town, the Miami Hurricanes, which, as most of you out there know, just happens to be my law school alma mater. And so they're the team that I follow the most in the ACC when I'm not spending hundreds of hours watching and studying our Blue Devils. And that makes me the resident expert on our upcoming opponent. So let's get into what you should know about the Miami Hurricanes. They're 15-3, and 6-2 and two in the ACC, ranked 41st in Ken Palm. And they actually have five wins against the Ken Palm Top 50. Those wins, Rutgers, Providence, UVA, UCF, and NC State. They do, that. the NC State win was at home. They do have a loss to NC State on the road by two in overtime. They also have a neutral site loss to Maryland and a road loss to Georgia Tech. Those are the three losses. I think the first thing you should know about Miami's game is that they score a lot of points and they're one of the most efficient teams in the country on the offensive end of the floor. In fact, they are ranked 10th in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. They score 117.2 points per 100 possessions, according to Ken Palm. They average 78.2 points per game. So this team is going to score a lot of points, and they're looking to score a lot of points. They're a good offensive rebounding team, and they're one of the top teams in the country in two-point field goal percentage and shooting from the free throw line. In conference play, they're even better. They're number one in offensive efficiency. They're fourth in defensive efficiency. They're first in two-point baskets and first in offensive block percentage. That means they don't get blocked often. On offense, they're going to do some quick passes, and including the backdoor, and they like to get everything down into the paint. One thing that they love to do is they like to have a guy just outside the paint on the baseline behind the defense, and they like to figure out a way to feed that guy the basketball so that that person's underneath the basket for an easy shot attempt. They do a lot of those where they try to find people in positions where you can't take a charge and you can't really block them without fouling, and that's right underneath the basket. And because of that, they don't get blocked often. They're not going to shoot a lot from three, and they're not going. A lot of these guys aren't going to hit, but they can get hot from three. And we'll talk about a couple of players that you need to key in on from beyond the arc in just a minute. On defense, they like to do some full court pressure. They they will throw different sets at you, but full court pressure is one thing that they will deploy against the Blue Devils in an attempt to get you to make a mistake with the basketball. They do get steals off the full court press, but mainly they just want you to make a mistake. And Duke has to be ready for that, particularly given that Duke has not really taken care of the basketball well in conference play or or a lot this season. And because of that full court pressure, they do get almost eight steals a game. So they're going to try and look to steal the basketball. They may try to you know sell themselves out to try and go for balls. But at the end of the day, they're trying to get you to turn the ball over and go the other way. The biggest matchup between these two teams, I think, is going to be rebounding because both teams are pretty effective at rebounding, especially on the offensive end. In the ACC, Duke is number one in offensive rebounding percentage. Miami is number two. And when Miami shoots threes, some of their guys like to shoot 
very long ones, which means very long rebounds. That's where Duke needs to have a primary focus at putting a body on someone, closing out, grabbing the basketball, and going the other way with numbers. Just recently, Miami, their last game, they played against Syracuse. They they won that game 82-78, to 78, but with 524 left in the game, they were down 66-63. to 63. So Miami has the ability to score a lot of points, but they also have the ability to score very quickly. Down the stretch, the one place that they're going to try and beat you is at the free throw line where they are excellent as a team. And they also like to shoot threes from the corner and from very, very, very far out from the top of key. Think Steph Curry range. They like to shoot those kind of threes, but again, that comes with long rebounds if they do miss. Let's get into some of the players. Miami has a lot of veterans on this team. They have one senior, four juniors, four redshirt sophomores, both of those straight from the transfer portal, and then they have three true sophomores in addition to their four freshmen. And they're led by Isaiah Wong, who is a fourth-year junior. He has Decided to go pro a couple of times, but has eventually come back. He even entered the transfer portal only to come back to to Miami. He is their star. 16.7 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, 3.8 assists per game, and 1.6 steals per game. This man is everything for Miami. He can shoot, but he's really best at getting to the basket and either scoring or going to the free throw line. He does average over five free throw attempts a game. So he's going to try and go to the basket. He wants you to follow him, and if he can finish through contact, he'll or if he can't, he'll knock him down at the free throw line. The big other guy that they have that has been uh, coming along is Nigel Pack. He is their heralded transfer from Kansas State. He averages 11.6 points per game. He is their best, one of their best three-point shooters at 37.4%, and he will shoot from Steph Curry range. He will shoot from just inside the half-court line if he wants to. His range is not like J.J. Reddick's, where if you get off the bus, he's in range, but he will take those shots and sometimes make them. But because of that, you need to watch him whenever you're on the offensive end of the floor for Miami. Norshan Omir is a transfer, the other transfer from Arkansas State, but he went to high school at Miami Prep, so he's kind of coming home to play. He's the X factor because at 6'7", 250, he is a load. He takes up a lot of space, even if he may not be that tall, and he can move guys around. And because of that, He is a beast inside, 14 points per game. He averages 10.2 rebounds per game, and he averages 1.5 blocks a game. So he's going to be active on the glass. He wants to be active on the defensive end. He also is very efficient. He shoots almost 62% from the floor. So anytime he gets the ball, it's inside, and he wants to power his way to the basket to get layups and dunks. And then you have Jordan Miller. He transferred a year ago from George Mason, so he's been at Miami a year. He's 14.8 points per game. 5.7 rebounds per game, 2.3 assists per game, and 1.3 steals per game. He also shoots over 52% from the floor. So he is also going to be a guy that he may not take a lot of shots, but he's going to be efficient in what when he does take shots. And that's kind of the key here for Miami is they want to be efficient. Whenever they take shots, they want to make them. And even if they don't, they're going to get second opportunities through the offensive window. They have a couple other guys that you may need to key out on. uh, Wuga Poplar. He's been around for a couple of years. And Bensley Joseph, who also shoots well from three. He won't take a lot of threes, but again, 38.8% of them he makes. So you need to watch out for him when he's on the floor. Finally, we've talked about Miami, but what does Duke need to do to get the victory on Saturday? The biggest detriment to Duke's game this year has been the shooting. And they've had woes all season long. Hopefully, we're, since we're back in camera this week, we've had a week off. This has kind of been the 
ACC bye week unofficial that we've kind of had this year. We're in front of the crazies again. Hopefully they can be efficient on the offensive end. They need to be strong on the inside. Miami has excellent guards, and that guard play is going to be an interesting matchup. But our big men are going to need to shine through because outside of Omier, they don't have a lot of big bodies that can throw at Kyle Filipowski, Ryan Young, or Derek Lively. We will have the advantage there. And inside the paint for our guards, they're going to need to remain in control. They need to take care of the basketball, and they need to understand that Miami is going to try and step in front of them and try and get and try and get charges. So when our guys drive, they need to be ready for that. Finally, Duke needs a big response. We obviously took the loss last weekend at Clemson. It's still unclear whether Jeremy Roach will return to the lineup, but if he's not, our guys still need to be ready to step up and play against one of the better teams in the ACC. And Miami always plays as well. They're well coached by Jim Laraniega, borderline Hall of Famer coach. He's been nominated for the Hall of Fame. So Cameron, get ready. The energy needs to be high on the court and in the stands because Miami is going to bring that intensity to Cameron. We need to match that. We need to be ready because if we can take care of the basketball, if we can make some shots and we can take Miami out of their rhythm, we can win this ball game. And this will be a big win because it will, again, elevate us back into the top half of the ACC. So, There's your preview of the Hurricanes. We are all set for the game on Saturday. Again, 12 noon Eastern time in Cameron. ESPN will have it for those of you who are not able to be there. And I hope you have enjoyed this first episode of DBR Bites. Remember, we love receiving emails from you. We've received a ton over the last few weeks, and we honestly appreciate them. But if you have topic suggestions, questions, or any other observations, send us an email, dbrpodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? Your question could be the subject of a DVR Bites episode down the road. So thank you all for listening. I'm Donald Wine, and ain't nothing changed. We're going to let the Duke band play us out and take us home.